0: Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields.
1: Wow, 2020 is off to a great start for space exploration. We've already seen several successful missions, including SpaceX launching a couple Starlink missions, which is going to provide Internet access to areas of the world uh, previously underserved and some that are currently being served by other Internet providers. Uh, We've also seen the incredible in-flight abort test from SpaceX, making a major headway for the commercial crew program. We hope to see actual astronauts launch from U.S. soil possibly as soon as April. It's been an incredible year and we're so excited, but also exciting is the future of space exploration as it pertains to us, the general audience. What's out there for us? Well, we do have an interview coming up with uh, Tim Alatori. He's with the Gateway Foundation, and they're developing a luxurious space hotel, which we'll tell you about in just a minute. First, I'm going to introduce my friend Richard Gunther as we explore this segment called Your Space Journey. Uh, this is where Richard tells us what inspired him about space and what he's most looking forward to.
0: Your Space Journey.
2: This is Richard Gunther from the Digital Media Zone, and I host a podcast about DIY home automation called Home On. I remember my family fostering my first interest in the space program, even as a little child. I recall seeing the moon landing when I was very little. My mother made sure I watched that historic event, even though it was very late. Heck, I even had a framed cross-stitch pattern on my wall that commemorated the landing. I think it was a gift from my grandmother. I also remember excitedly watching the first shuttle launch and landing with complete awe and excitement. And of course, the moment I learned of Challenger's fate was one of those few events that permanently inked into my memory, the exact location, the people around me, even the sound of my friend John's voice as he told me. It was then I realized I'd likely never travel to space in my lifetime as a civilian. I witnessed my first launch 15 or so years ago. That shuttle lit up the night sky, not unlike the SpaceX commercial resupply service launch Chuck and I both saw through NASA's social media outreach program last summer. I'm so excited to see the increasing activity and interest in space exploration again as we, humanity, prepare to revisit the moon and explore the possibilities and opportunities available By living off planet. I won't be among the lucky ones to experience that. I hope and expect the next generations will think it commonplace.
0: Your Space Journey.
1: Well, wow, thank you, Richard, for sharing your story. Really do appreciate it. And folks, we'd love to hear what fascinates you about space. If you'd like to tell us a little bit more about your passion for space and what you're most excited about for the future of space exploration, just uh, go ahead and give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Call us at 317 862 4,700, or email us an audio or video clip, less than two minutes, please. Just send that email to info at yourspacejourney.com. Be sure and tell us your name, uh, where you're from, and what you're most looking forward to about the future of space exploration and where your passion for space came from. All right, now let's talk space hotels. I'd like to introduce my special guest, Tim Alatori. Tim is the Senior Design Architect of the Von Braun Space Station, an incredible new space hotel underway by the Gateway Foundation. Tim has over 20 years' experience in habitat design, graphics, web design, programming, and engineering. He obtained a degree in architecture from Cal Poly and is a licensed architect in California and several other states. For the last nine years, he's also worked as a consulting subject matter expert for the state of California. Here's Tim talking a little bit more about the Gateway Foundation and his
0: role there. The Gateway Foundation was organized for the purpose of advancing starship culture. And we have thousands of members across the world and more joining every day. And we all have the singular vision of trying to advance the movement of humanity into space. And the latest project of the Gateway Foundation well, I should back up. The main goal of the Gateway Foundation is to build the Gateway, which, is, which will be a large city-like uh, station in space. And the first step towards that is the Von Braun Space Station. And so my role with the company, I am the senior design architect, and I'm chiefly responsible for all of the interiors, the habitable portions of the Von Braun Space Station. Mm-hmm. I'm also, my staff and I, we are doing the my team were doing all the visualizations, the animations, and the graphics for the whole station. But myself and Dr. Tom Spilker, who is a senior uh, engineer, right, and yeah. he is the system architect for all of the the, the main structural components. And uh, he's developed a uh, a really important uh, structural uh, spoke system, which actually has a, a, a patent on it. Yeah, the two of us were are the the primary designers for the entire station.
1: Now of course working on the space hotel is truly amazing so I had to ask him where his interest in space began and and what fueled his passion here's him talking about that
0: sure I have been fascinated with space and design and architecture since I was a kid so I started my whole design career really in elementary school and I had the singular goal throughout all of my adolescence of being an architect and uh, along the way I've been fascinated with everything space right I grew up watching uh, not the original Star Trek, but syndicated, uh, mm-hmm. the original Star Trek syndication with my dad. And then of course, you know, Next Generation, Voyager, and Star, Star Wars, and you know, all these great right. science fiction things we've all grown up with. And so when the opportunity came, uh, and, it's, and it's really been uh, just a, a series of serendipitous events that have allowed my path to cross with Gateway Foundation. And, you know, when the opportunity came, for me to participate, it was a no-brainer. I said yes, of course. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, over the last several years, now we've been working uh, really closely together on what we hope will be the very first space station with artificial gravity.
1: Well, see, that's where I'm really impressed because, oh my gosh, the site gatewayspaceport.com. You have just wonderful animations and wonderful descriptions of just how in depth that you and your whole team has been in developing the gateway. And you mentioned this before, but I understand. The first goal is to develop sort of a robust space construction industry. You know, we've got to be able to construct in space. Correct. Um, Then the first um, artificial gravity space station, which is called the Von Braun station, and then finally the gateway. Can you tell us a little bit more about those various components?
0: Yeah, I think you hit on probably the key part there is being able to build large structures in space. Right. So if you look at the International Space Station, uh, by comparison to what we're wanting to do with the Bon Braun Space Station, or even the Gateway, it's tiny, right? right. But every station leading up to the International Space Station was significantly larger in another evolution. The International Space Station was the first, uh, as far as I'm aware, the first structure in space that was built of component parts that were then assembled in orbit. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the International Space Station relied heavily upon manned spacewalks. Eventually with the Canada Arm and other robotic uh, tools that are now in orbit, a lot of docking and other uh, extra vehicle or extra vehicular activities can Mm -hmm. be done with uh, unmanned systems. But uh, so I should probably mention there's another company involved here, which is uh, Orbital Assembly. And that's a California based space construction company, which, really is hand in hand with the Gateway Foundation. So uh, orbital assembly is the construction arm of the Gateway Foundation. And orbital assembly is working to develop all of the the, the robotics and the man pods that will assemble the station. So Incredible. The, the Von Braun Space Station itself, uh, the main, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with the structure of it, but there's a, it's basically, if you think of like a bicycle wheel, yes. there's a center hub, and then spokes radiating out with an outer truss. We call that our outer ring truss.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the outer ring truss and the inner truss will all be prefabricated steel uh, components, uh, prefabricated here on Earth, or we, we might be going to aluminum. I can't remember. We've sure. gone back to <laughs> metal. All right. <laughs> the metal metal, metal uh, components, which will be fabricated here on Earth. And then in orbit, they will be positioned and welded. And there's a robotic assembly Uh, component that that we're calling the VB Tall, which stands for the von Braun truss assembly
1: uh,
0: line and it's essentially a a mechanism where the raw materials get fed in on one end they're positioned in the line and then they're welded and then the truss comes out on the other end so we'll be able to fabricate the entire truss in orbit out of component parts and then the the spokes and the hubs and the the habitable portions will be assembled to it so um, The technology is all there. It's just a matter of getting all the technology in one place towards a singular focus. So uh, the fabrication and prototyping for the VBTOL is going on now. And we're hoping to be able to uh, release some information on that and photograph some things soon. But uh, that that piece has begun. So that's step one and orbital assembly is spearheading that. Once we have those components in place, then will launch and start putting together the main station and the von Braun space station will be that big first step right and so that's what I
1: love too I, I'm sorry for interrupting but <laughs> the von Braun station um it's the smallest component but compared to the ISS it's huge I just wonder if you can give us an idea of the scale of that and then uh, of the gateway station eventually
0: yeah, so the the Von Braun Space Station has a diameter of 190 meters, wow. and around the perimeter of it, we have these large habitation modules, and there's 24 of them. Two of them will be dedicated to uh, the air, water, power, the systems of the station, mm-hmm. and then the other 22 will be for use by uh, by people. So a lot of restaurants, bars, all that sort of thing. Wow. The total <laughs> square footage, the floor area. It is 125,000 square feet, which is about 11,600 square meters. Right? Incredible. So, significantly larger than the ISS. Uh, Now, the next step up from that, once we have the Von Braun and we've proven the technologies, we've done the research on how humans adapt in in low gravity environments. Next step up will be the Gateway, and the Gateway will have um, a diameter of a about 490 meters so going from 190 up to 490. The the gateway will have an earth gravity habitation ring Mm -hmm. where the the von Braun station initially it'll be lunar gravity which is about one-sixth earth gravity with the possibility of us ramping that up to mars gravity but that will be determined on in-orbit tests and, and what we determine is feasible.
1: See, I think that's incredible too because a lot of people, I know I was this way at first too when I thought of generating artificial gravity. Oh, all you do is just rotate the spacecraft. Well, there's got to be a certain size involved in this. You can't rotate a small um, spacecraft because from your head to your toes, you get dizzy every time you turn your head, every time you bend down. So I I guess you guys put your heads together and this is based on the ideas of actually von Braun himself. Is that true?
0: Yeah, the initial conceptualization of this was really popularized by dr werner von braun in the 1960s he did a whole series of videos with walt disney the idea of a rotating space station was around for a couple decades prior to that but he's the one who really popularized it and did a lot of the initial uh, research there have been studies done and you mentioned you know that that differential in gravity between your head and your feet right there were studies done in the 1960s on earth there haven't been any in-orbit tests of this right we don't know exactly what uh, the research is for real world conditions right all the tests that have been done on earth where you're also dealing with just the earth's gravity
1: mm-hmm.
0: based on the research the maximum that a person can uh and, and it's really a it's um it's an angular momentum issue not necessarily a size issue okay so the bigger you get the less um, the slower you can rotate right the the rpms uh, decrease and so when the the rpm range from the research that's been done on earth somewhere around two and a half revolutions per minute up to six revolutions per minute before somebody starts to have negative effects Mm -hmm. from the coriolis effect and that differential in gravity right Um, we're playing it safe with uh we've been saying about 1.5 revolutions per minute to make the math easy but really the station is going to be initially rotating around 1.2 to 1.3 revolutions per minute which will put the outer habitation level of the station at about one-sixth Earth's gravity or lunar equivalent gravity. And we feel that that is a safe place to start from all the research that's been done on Earth for not having, uh, you know, people passing out or getting dizzy or, you know, all the right. sickness that can come from moving opposite the, you know, the the, the angular momentum issue. Well, so the with- surface we're starting.
1: Let's talk about something that's kind of the fun aspect is this is literally like a cruise ship in space. I mean, you, you yes. mentioned uh, the restaurant and bar module, the Caribbean, um, the gymnasium. Can you tell us a little bit more about those sort of amenities that uh, are quite simply out of this world?
0: Yeah. So uh, the Daily Show, I don't know if you saw Trevor Noah picked up and was talking about the station a little bit. And he was joking that, you know, you ooh and awe ah at Earth for 15 minutes and then what do you do with your time, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I hope that my, my hope is that people will be able to spend time on the station and enjoy some time to reflect on just what it means to be a human and looking down at earth uh, you know we'll have facilities where people can paint and play music and and enjoy artistic endeavors that nice. might take more time but yeah there's there's fun parts to this too uh, the restaurant and bar module is more of a practical issue people need to eat and if we're going to have yes. people there for a week or two or more They need food. And so we're going to have a full kitchen and we'll have shipments coming up. Uh, In fact, Elon Musk with their Starship announcement, they announced Mm -hmm. that they're going to be having uh, multiple flights of Starship per day, which is way more than we anticipated. We were thinking maybe one service or two servicings to the station per week. Mm -hmm. But now if SpaceX is planning on doing multiple launches today, there's no limitation on how frequently we can restock the station's food supplies. Wow. But we'll have full kitchens, bars, and yeah, there'll be a practical side of that. But we also want the food to be great. and So we're looking at cruise ship models and how they're dealing with their, their uh, servicing of food. And then I think the, the part I'm the most excited about is probably our gymnasium module. Mm-hmm. And the modules, they have a 12-foot diameter, the habitation modules. And so on the gymnasium module, we'll have a lower floor, which is set pretty low. And then you're going to have about 10 meters above you. Uh, wow for playing right so if you look if you think about the astronauts who are you know neil armstrong you know skipping across the moon and uh, i forget who the astronaut was that hit a golf ball on the moon right but there's oh yeah just a lot of fun you can have (laughs) in a reduced gravity environment so i'm looking forward to that
1: that's incredible now what have been i guess the biggest challenges so far with the design
0: and concept of von braun well (laughs) there's (laughs) there's a whole series of challenges i mean every everything so my my training is in architecture right and everything that I've been trained to do on earth revolves around the constraints of of earth and when you start moving into um, not just zero gravity but we're looking at a low gravity environment which is something that really hasn't been designed for before and so we've come back we we threw out all of our assumptions we went to below zero base design where we started looking at, like you were saying, how does the human body react in different situations? How do you right. stand up from a chair? How do you sit up from a bed? How do you um, go upstairs? Right. Yes. And one six gravity, how do you go from one floor to the next? So from my standpoint, looking at the, the human habitation part of it, that's probably been the biggest challenge is we're stepping outside known reality right here and Trying to anticipate how people will be able to move through these spaces Um, from a technical standpoint, uh, SpaceX has been making this a lot easier. When we started the conceptualization for Von Braun's space station, we were dealing with uh, Falcon Heavy was on the drawing boards as potentially the largest launch vehicle. Right. SpaceX gave us a great gift with Starship, right, nine meter diameter (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. uh, fairing, and now. Uh, just this last week, they announced 150 tons to orbit and Elon Musk has been touting potentially a next version that's even bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. So the launch, how big of a piece can we launch and how many launches and the cost of launch that's been our biggest hurdle, but it just keeps getting easier. So that's, that's been a, a huge gift. Tim, what's your
1: timeline for, for this project?
0: Like well, what do you it, work about Von be in orbit? Yeah. Well, we're trying to track with SpaceX, actually. And so nice. Elon Musk, he, he kind of dropped, dropped the gauntlet and said they're going to have people to orbit on Starship within potentially six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to hit that deadline, but we're pushing to have Von Braun operational by 2025. Very and nice. so, as I mentioned, we're, we're starting with the VBTOL and then uh, moving to in-orbit assembly and, and then the, the habitation modules. In order for the station to operate, we need four to six modules in orbit. And so that's the goal by 2025 to have four to six habitation modules in orbit and then build out the rest of the the modules by 2027.
1: That's incredible. Now, Tim, one thing I thought was fascinating too is just how you're funding uh, your project and how you're encouraging um, viewers and listeners out there to get involved. And one really neat aspect is you have a lottery. Can you tell us a little bit more about the lottery and the funding and how that's going
0: yeah so the lottery isn't in place yet and we really see the lottery as being the funding source for the gateway which is a much larger project Mm -hmm. Uh, von Braun space station is funded a bit more traditionally uh, through through stocks and and venture capitalists and different investors Mm -hmm. Uh, but yes we do have the gateway foundation which has really been uh, it's been crowdsourcing in a sense where our members can join. There's a free membership, but then also there's paid memberships and the members get certain benefits. So for example, we had a uh, voting on the station name and our members got to, to vote on that. And we actually have some other things that the membership is going to get to vote on and decide. And so through that, we've been getting a lot of excitement and uh, some initial seed capital, which has allowed us to do a lot of this upfront uh, design work. And then, um, for the station itself, for the Von Bon Space Station, we are looking at, um, uh, we want it to be self-sufficient economically, right? So the operation of the hotel and all that will eventually pay for the station and the next stations, but we're, we're selling real estate, right? So we have condos that will be in, on the station and, and uh, wealthy investors can pay to have a, a condo in space. Uh, we're also looking at, you know, private investors. Um, but yeah, the gateway, I think, I think that's what you're talking about. The gateway station is gonna be really exciting in that we do want to set up a lottery and we're, we're, we're constrained a little bit on the legalities of that right now. Sure. Uh, and so we're trying to figure out where exactly is the best place to start that lottery. But members or just anybody can buy a lottery ticket for a small amount and then they'll have a chance every year to, to win a trip to the station. And the great thing about having the Von Braun Space Station operational before the gateway is our members who are buying into the lottery, they'll be able to win trips to the Von Braun Space Station. So nice. while we're raising funds for the gateway, we can be giving away free trips and vacations and you know other benefits.
1: Oh, Tim, that sounds so exciting. I just want to wish you and your team just the, the best of luck with this incredible adventure. Cannot wait to see this thing come to life. And I want to thank you for just taking time to join us today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Online coffee break.
1: Wow, I really enjoyed my conversation with Tim today, and I'm so excited about the upcoming Space Hotel. How about you? Would you stay there, or would you want to wait till the first few people had actually stayed there first? Uh, I don't know. I think it would be an incredible experience, and the views could be spectacular. Anyway, I want to thank Tim for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the Gateway Foundation, just go to their website at gatewayspaceport.com. I want to thank you for joining us today as well. Uh, We'd love it if you give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube or just a like if you're listening on a podcast application. We'd also love it if you'd share this episode with a friend. Either way, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. God bless.